Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. Our interviewee today is actually me, Brandon Hollingsworth, and I get to talk with Lynn Baber about becoming a full-time creative as I follow God's lead to start a Christian animation company. So without further ado, let's check it out. Welcome to Creatively Christian. I'm Lynn Baber, your host for tonight, and my guest is Brandon Hollingsworth, Brainy Pixel Chief Creative Officer and Writer. And Brandon was born to create an author, speaker, poet, publisher, game designer, content creator, script writer, art director, and unapologetic Christ follower. Brandon is a passionate creator and teacher of youth who promotes family-oriented ministries. Brandon's also the author or co-author of over a dozen novels, novellas, and short stories, and the co-creator of a game that Forbes called A Clever Idea Well Executed and Excellent. Brandon, welcome. I am so just, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Lynn. I am super excited as well. So, um, been looking forward to this, so I'm ready to jump right in. Well, I think the first thing is for our audience to tell them, what is Brainy Pixel Productions? That's, that's a great question. So uh, Brainy Pixel Productions is a small company. Uh, we are a Christian animation and production studio based out of North Alabama in the United States. Um, one of my dear friends and I started this company about 10 years ago. Um, it was actually built around a, uh, initially a YouTube channel called How to Draw and Paint that uh, Michael, my business partner, started. He's an artist, a classically trained artist, and that's what he does for his day job. And uh, he had decided there was this new thing at the time called YouTube, and it was uh, just getting off the ground, and he wanted to create a channel to help kids learn how to draw and how to paint and really to help them gain confidence in doing those things because as an artist himself, he saw that as a big, um, a big detractor and a big barrier to entry for a lot of young people. And so he just wanted to create a little YouTube channel and really just gave it a try and it kind of blew up. Um, and uh, we're sitting at, uh, I think, close to almost a quarter of a million subscribers currently. And um, it really got real big and it was during the heyday of YouTube where, you know, people were really just starting to get on and you had the people who were making lots and lots of money. And so he gave me a call we had known each other from a previous engagement that I can go into if you want to, if we want to go back in, in, on the way back machine. But he gave me a call and said, Hey, Brandon, I've got this um, channel. It's really blowing up. I need some help. Uh, would you come in and help me? And I said, yeah, sure. So we started a company to kind of govern that, you know, relationship. And um, after that, um, I, I did, I came in, we started the company. I started helping to maintain the YouTube channel and was kind of a social media guy and kind of doing a little bit of content generation and doing a lot of the writing for a lot of the videos that he would upload. And then we both have a passion to create stuff and tell stories, uh, him from the artistic standpoint and me from the words side of the house. And so we said, let's create something together. And so we created a little channel, um, another little channel called The Pick Train, um, which was an early childhood education uh, show. It's very, very simple, but it's got a great little hook in that uh, it teaches kids letters and numbers and how to add and how to count um, and the days of creation and things like that. Um, and it's just very, very simple. We did it all in Blender, which is a free 3D 
um, program you can do 3D animation in. And uh, it kind of took off. Um, TBN saw it and liked it and uh, licensed it to go on their channel. Uh, it's still running there today, you know, I think seven or eight years later. Um, and then we said, well, hey, that's, that's a really neat model. Let's see if we, can, if we can make that happen again. And so now we've got several shows in the works and we've also got a top secret feature film project as well. Oh my gosh. Are you going to keep that super secret or tell us about that a little later? I would have to, I'd have to NDA you to tell you at this point, but we oh. are, we are very, very excited to be talking about that. We desperately want to talk about it because everybody we tell about it, they're, it just, their eyes light up and they're like, that is such a cool idea. And why has no one done that before? And, and, um, it's actually gotten a lot of interest in the Christian film space and also in, in Hollywood as well um, in terms of what exactly that property is and how it's structured. And so we're kind of playing it close to vest right now, but hopefully soon we'll be able to release some stuff. Well, since I know you a little bit, mm -hmm. I know something about it. And, and this will be kind of a clue for our audience. Right. I understand that you recently earned something special as far as search engine listings. Ah, yes, yes, we have. Yeah, we're, that was, we were crowing about that uh, last week or the week before. Um, so yeah, we've got a real small team. Uh, it, Michael and I are the only uh, members of the company per se, but we've got a lot of great interns um, who are helping us out. We've partnered with the University of Alabama at Huntsville. Um, Michael has done a lot of teaching at local community colleges here. And so we really are passionate um, about growing local talent in the animation, in the gaming industry, in the arts industry. And so we give people who um, have a passion for art the opportunity to come in and work with us. And we're not able to pay them, but we're able to give them product that they can put in their portfolio and we're, we write letters of recommendation for them and we'll do job, you know, job hunts for them and help them get in positions. Um, but we like, helping them grow that confidence. It kind of goes back to that early how to draw and paint with Michael, you know, just kind of letting an artist know that, hey, you've got a gift, right? God has made you a special way and not everybody can do what you do. And so we want to help you grow that and grow the confidence in that gift so you can go out and maybe make a living, hopefully glorify God uh, and do what you love. And so we've got a real small team and um, we've got a bunch of uh, interns working for us. And we also have some great folks that are helping us with our social media. So we'll volunteer social media team. And we recently, um, through efforts over the last six months, are number one in ranking on the major search engines. So Bing, DuckDuckGo, and Google. If you do a search on Christian Animation Studio, we come up first. So we're really, really happy about that. Didn't have to spend any money, which is great. <laughs> so it's just a lot of hard work. So for people who are listening that they have maybe a niche or even animation, just to show where a small company mm -hmm. with big ideas and big leadership and big guidance from the Lord Amen. own the position on search engines without paying for it. That's right. That's right. It's all organic. Everything we're doing, uh, we're, not, we're not paying any big marketing firm to, to do that. Uh, and we're giving all the glory to God because we couldn't have done it on our own. We really don't even know what we did other than just continually putting out quality content. It's not like we had, you know, a, a game plan or some kind of marketing guru coming in and advise us. We're just putting out content that glorifies God and talks about what we're doing. And, and now we're hitting number one on those search engines. So it's really great. 
Well, now I want to preface this next question by telling people that I wouldn't ordinarily do one of these. I don't think it's going to be a gotcha question. Okay. But just because I do know you, Brandon, I just kind of feel that I can take the license. Go and for it. I found something that you were associated with called Four Fools Press. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Four Fools Press. That's my indie uh, publishing imprint. Um, some uh, friends of mine and I uh, started that several years ago. And we, um, the, there's a long story that goes along with this as well, but I'll give you the short summary version. We, um, we wanted to try out indie publishing. This was when Kindle was just getting started, um, when, you know, the Google Play Store was just brand new. And so we were all storytellers. We're all writers. We're all storytellers. Um, and we like different sorts of things. And so we said, hey, why don't we just start a little imprint? And um, we will, you know, write our own stuff and we will create a process, an internal process to make sure that we're putting out good stuff. So I've got a lot of training in the engineering space and the IT space from my real jobs over the past, over the years. And so we created this internal process where someone might submit an idea and then uh, someone would then volunteer to be a beta reader and some, or an alpha reader and, reader and then a beta reader. And then someone would sign on as an editor when it got to a certain point. Um, and then someone would sign on and say, hey, I'll do the cover art. And then someone would sign on and say, hey, you know, I'll do the marketing for that. And then, hey, somebody, somebody would sign on and say, hey, I'll do all of the, you know, the machinations in the back end as, as far as the publishing and the layout and getting it out to Kindle. And so what happens, we, we create this little collective where we all on different projects got to learn different parts of the skill set, which was one of our goals. We all wanted to learn indie publishing better, but we also wanted to write our stories and see them come to fruition. And so working together, we were able to do that and produce, you know, 30 or so titles over the span of about four years. We've slowed down a little bit over the past couple of years just because everybody's really busy with their personal lives and with jobs and obviously with COVID. Um, but but it, was, it was a whole lot of fun and we were able to make, you know, a little bit of money to put in our pocket, you know, along the way. And so, um, and we were able to test those stories out and it really worked really well to grow those stories, I think, you know a lot of the times I think authors have a challenge of, you know, being inside an echo chamber, only hearing feedback from, you know, really from themselves or just maybe per people in their very small family circle. And for this, we were able to kind of branch out and say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to try this story out. And what do you guys think? And sometimes they'd be like, nah, that's a really bad idea, Brandon. Don't do that. That's not going to work. And so I pitch another idea whatever. And then they got to do the same thing. And so four fools press is the, uh, little imprint that we created. You know, one of the things, one of the things I really hear a lot from Brainy Pixel Productions, as well as Four Fools Press and just different mm -hmm. things that you've done is how it was not a solo no. um, task. No. When, when did you first start working with other people, working in a collective or collaborative mm -hmm. uh, environment? Were you always that way or was there some place along your creative journey where that just, it just became the best route? Yeah, I think I, I can definitely point to that point. It was really probably my first major creative endeavor. And this would have been back in the mid nineties. Um, I was working at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. I was an IT guy. Um, I was doing, um, you know, network support. And uh, I discovered a little something called HTML, uh, hypertext markup language, which, you know, is what the web used to be built on. It's not so much anymore. But this was in the early days of the web. And I discovered HTML. And 
by utilizing that software or that programming language, really, I was able to marry both the creative side of my brain and the technical side of my brain. And I was able to create websites that I could pretty much do whatever I wanted to. And so I created a website that eventually became uh, an official, uh, it was a fan website dedicated to a role-playing game system, a specific setting within that role-playing game system called Planescape. And that uh, that campaign setting was put out by a company called Wizards of the Coast, and um, I created a fan site dedicated to it, and eventually it became the official Planescape website. Wizards of the Coast, the company in Washington said, this is the site for this game. It's this guy, and he's running this site, and it wasn't just me. I mean, I started the site, but I had literally, by the time the site, by the time I walked away from the site, there were thousands of members of the site. Uh, and this is before the days of CMS. So this is before the days of content management and WordPress and Drupal and all these websites where you can kind of stand stuff up. Everything was coded by hand. So it was a labor of love. It took forever. Um, but we had thousands of members of the site. We had, uh, we had all these different sections of, of Planewalker um, and each section had a section chief and they had staff and we had a staff meeting every week and this was all virtual and done over text. And, and, um, I, that was, I was hooked. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. You know, all of us working together to make this really neat website that we all love and use. And I really never looked back. I've, I've always wanted to work in collaborative projects since that point. And uh, pretty much everything I've done has been at least with one or more other um, people. So Brandon, for each one of these ventures, because you've had many and, mm -hmm. and different, so you're just not a creator of content. Right. Uh, and a consumer of content, but you actually create businesses and you create enterprises right. and you create channels. Right. What's, has your motivation for those changed? Uh, you know, a lot of people seem to go somewhere between I have to express my creative side mm -hmm. and I want to make money. Right, right. So, uh, yes, yeah, the, the, it has changed actually. And at first, I've kind of done all, all those things. At first, I just wanted to express myself. I just wanted to be creative. I just wanted to create stuff. And then the, the Plane Walker venture led to me actually landing some jobs writing for the role-playing game industry. And so then I was like, hey, I can make money doing this. this that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and so then I kind of pursued um, chasing after the dollar, you know, using my creative skills to chase after the dollar. But now I'm more about chasing after God's glory with my creative skills. And something else happened in there that was pretty amazing too. And that was that I became a believer in Jesus Christ. I got saved when I was 33 years old. So when this process began, I wasn't saved and now I am. And so this amazing transition happened, not quite in the middle, but you know, a little, a little bit towards the middle of this whole journey. And ironically, not ironically, if you read the Bible, then you, you could definitely guess the end of the story. But as you would probably imagine, now that I'm working for the glory of God, things are becoming successful. I did a lot of things for a lot of years and spent a lot of time trying to chase after the almighty dollar and didn't really make a whole lot of money. Um, but now it's like God has opened up the door and I'm, I'm doing this full time now for the first time in my life and enjoying every single day. And it was because, you know, several years ago, Michael and I decided, hey, we're not going to pursue projects that we think are going to be good. We're going to pursue projects that God leads us in. 
and those are the ones that are being successful. So, awesome. yeah. I'm assuming then that the people you collaborate with are also believers. For the most part, yes, I would say uh, the vast majority of them are, but not all. Um, uh, one of the members of Four Fools, for instance, he's not. Um, and a lot of the artists that I work with on a daily basis um, are not believers. And uh, over the years, I've even worked with artists and other creatives who are antagonistic towards the faith. But, um, and I was actually just on a call earlier today with a guy and we were talking about how, how much of a blessing that is. He and I are both believers and we both uh, struggle with the same kind of situation as, you know, you have to kind of pray through it because sometimes these people are hard to deal with. They're not the easiest people to, to work with. Um, but it gives you an opportunity to love on them every day. It gives you an opportunity for them to see your work ethic and your Christian beliefs bear out under all sorts of situations and stressors, um, scenarios that other people might lose their temper or they might, you know, shortchange someone on a payment or, you know, hold, withhold a payment or something like that. Um, and when we as Christian workers, seek to glorify God and seek to honor the name of Christ, that makes a huge impact. You know, um, when you have someone who's a non-believer and they're struggling in the world with other non-believers and they see someone, it's like, hey, this guy has really no reason to be nice to me. You know, there's no, there's no incentive. He's on the other side of the world. He doesn't have to be nice to me. He doesn't have to ask about my mom. You know, when I told him uh, that I was late with a delivery because she was sick, you know, and, and he emails me and asks me out of the blue, how's my mom doing? I'm praying for you, you know? And so I've, I've seen a lot of people start asking a lot of questions over the years um, and ask, hey, why are you this way? You know, what, what makes you like this? So it's, it's a neat opportunity. It is. It's just amazing how powerful it is just being personal with someone. Yeah. I know that when I get on a call with, you know, someone from a company, a software company, and I have a question, I'm a, just a customer looking for an answer to my oh, yes. problem. When you, when you talk to them and, you know, chat with them, it's amazing yeah. how they get interested in your problem. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or when you just thank them for their time, you know, you're done with the problem. They've helped you and you say, thank you so much for your time, you know, and how can I pray for you today or something like that? And they're like, Oh, it's you, you are so nice, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm not being nice. I'm just being regular, you know, and, uh, and they're like, you are, you're the nicest person. My wife gets that all the time, right? All the time. She does. Cause she's and, super and nice. I'm, I'm mean. I'm mean compared to my wife. She's super, super nice. So somehow I'm not sure that you're really mean. Oh yes. Uh, anger is one of my big besetting sins. So yes, I, yes, I have a dark side. So. Well, in that case, that's a great segue into my next question, Brandon. Awesome. What topic is guaranteed to either put you on a really big soapbox okay. or shoot adrenaline through your body? Oh, so that's a good question. That's a really good question, actually. So there are several topics. Some of them I, I won't really talk about. I won't go into. Politics is one of them. I just won't, I won't discuss politics because no one likes my opinions when it comes to politics. Um, uh, another is uh, inefficiencies frustrate me. Um, working in an organization where there are inefficiencies that are, that are clear inefficiencies, at least to me, those frustrate me. Those will put me on a soapbox pretty fast. Um, 
and and having to having to say the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again those drove those drive me crazy i was actually complaining just earlier today i was not being very christian i was complaining to my wife and i'm like you know why i really don't like marketing and she says why i says because you have to say the same thing all the time you can't just say it once that's what marketing is it's just saying the same thing over and over and over again so that frustrates me so well it, it is but it's necessary though. but when you th just think about the gospel message you know that is true the way i look at it you know there's the gospel message which is the words mm -hmm. and we can hear them so many times mm -hmm. and we actually don't make the connection but then there comes the day hopefully yeah. when you actually hear it right and you connect it with a need that you have mm -hmm. or a struggle that you have and then all of a sudden you're engaged and I, and I think that's something because marketing is difficult for, you know, creative types sometimes unless they're right. creative in that sense. Mm -hmm. And so it is just going out there again and saying, let me, let me, let me show you what I have for you. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. And, and when, you know, really it's catching them at the time when they actually have that open spot and then it, it delivers mm -hmm. and, you know, everybody wins at that point. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's humbling, you know, to to think about the patience of God, you know, and how many times he tells Mr. Hard-headed Brandon Hollingsworth, you know, and how many times he allows me to continue to live another week to get to Sunday to sit in the sermon where I'm, you know, just frothing and angry that I have to be here, you know, just the patience of God, you know, and how he dealt with me for in my case for 33 years before, oh, okay, you know, knucklehead finally got it, you know, praise God, he, he put one and one together and got two, that's great. So like, we, should, we should definitely take an example, uh, you know, we should follow his example always, but definitely in this case, so. So marketing, you know, having to repeat the message all the time, you know, that's the thing, is you just have to say it until you hit the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really good way to look at it. <laughs> now I'm gonna assume that when you were saved, what, 14 years ago, is it? Um. I'm terrible with math. But yeah, we'll say 14 years ago. That sounds good. We're, we're somewhere in the vicinity. Yeah. So I am just, I am presuming, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm presuming you actually heard about Jesus before that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I grew up, um, I didn't really grow up in the church per se, but um, I grew up, my mother and uh, my stepmother and father didn't go to church. They were, they were C&E Christians, Christian, uh, Christmas and Easter only. But my grandmother was a very, very godly woman, and she would try to take uh, my sisters and brother and I to church every opportunity that she could. Um, but where we lived was a very rural area of lower Alabama, and uh, there was a church of God there, and there was a Pentecostal church that met just like once or twice a month when everybody could get together. So we attended those churches. So yeah, I kind of grew up going to church, sort of, um, and was very interested in the church. and. Um, thought that I had a salvation experience when I was uh, about, uh, I guess, seven or eight. Uh, all my friends were, you know, reacting to what the preacher was saying and went down front. So I just kind of reacted and went down front, but I didn't really understand it, you know. And so um, very studious, learned a lot, you know, tried to read the Bible, tried to learn as much as I could. Um, but as I got older and got into, you know, high school and on into college, I saw so much hypocrisy in what I was reading and what I was seeing, and it really hardened my heart. And so um, 
when I got out on my own, um, I began uh, searching. I began looking for the truth, right, as, as people do. And so, you know, I read Hindu texts. Um, I, I read Buddhist texts. I read the Quran. I read the Book of Mormon. I read the Bible again. Um, you know, I read uh, everything I get my hands on about spirituality, looking, looking, looking for the truth. Um, but it wasn't until I was um, 33 years old and had encountered some people um, who really, truly lived what they said they believed. And, th and it was several people. And I can kind of, you know, touch onto those milestones, you know, along my walk. Um, but the, for me, the realization, I was actually at a, a men's retreat um, put on by the deacons in our church. They called it a deacon's retreat, but it wasn't for deacons. It was for men. And uh, I can remember very, very clearly. I don't, I don't really remember, remember what the, the sermon was about, but I remember very clearly coming to the realization that my sin hurt, like pained Jesus. Like, um, like for instance, if you, would, if you were, were to go and, and tell your, you know, your closest loved one uh, that you hate them or that you can't stand the way they smell or you can't stand their presence, how that would hurt them emotionally, right? I, equate, I equated my sin with that sort of affront to the person of Jesus, and it broke me. I, and I, I could not, I think I ran over a couple little old men on the way down to the altar. I just had to get down there and, you know, and tell him I was sorry. And, um, and uh, everything's been different from that day. Um, I came back from that deacon's retreat and my wife was like, who are you? And where's my husband? Because you're not him. And so uh, uh, I'm not perfect, but um, every day since then, I've tried to live more and more in obedience to the will of Christ and to the Holy Spirit in my life and learn as much as I can about God and teach others and, and really be totally, you know, just totally transparent and honest with people about my failings and about how God continually, gracefully redeems me, you know, and brings me through those failings. Um, I, and I, th I think testimony is a huge part that we're missing in the current church. If your church does it, then that's, that's a huge blessing. Um, but I think uh, hearing what that personal impact is of the Holy Spirit in our lives, of Sovereign Father, um, you know, working in our lives, testimonies are really, really powerful. And I think we should do them more often. Yeah, all, all business is personal and everything, anything that succeeds, it's going to be on a personal basis. But yeah. I love the point that you made, Brandon, and, and kind of how you tied it together, that for people who are out there and they're, they're aspiring or they're somewhere else, uh, you know, in their creative journey, whatever it happens to be, I know for myself and everybody I've ever met, there have been those moments where you just feel that you're pushing a boulder up a hill. Absolutely. You're not connecting with people mm -hmm. to the point that you start to doubt the value of what God gave you. Right. And he only gives it to us so that we use it for, for his, his glory. Purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. And so that marketing message, just knowing that either it's, the way it's phrased and presented, because we all hear or learn differently, or sometimes it's just the moment for faith that the Holy Spirit says now, right. you are gonna right. hear this and make a decision. But when it's marketing 
and you're trying to move your ideas, you know, and, and let other people begin to believe in them and come along with you, you know, sometimes you just got to hang on with the fact that maybe, you know, the belief doesn't have to be in yourself. It has to be in the fact that God gave this to you. Right. Right. And, and, and that you're doing, and that you're doing the thing that God wants you to be doing. Right. Exactly. I think that's one of the lures of the enemy is he'll take a creative believer and he'll dangle a lure out there in front of them. It may be fame. Fame won't work on me because I don't care. Right. I want to live in a cave in the woods. Um, but for some people, fame is the thing, right? That's the, I want to be famous, right? And some people, it's money. Uh, some people, it's freedom. That is, that's what it is for me. It's freedom. You know, I don't want. I want to. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it, and don't tell me otherwise. Um, but the enemy will cast those lures out in front of us and say, "Hey, if you'll use your gift, you can get this, right?" And he'll start reeling you in, and he'll he'll take you down a path that will lead you to despair and doubt, like you were saying doubting who you are, doubting who God made you, doubting why you even have these gifts. And the, the problem is, is not that you have these gifts or that you're creative. The problem is that you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're pursuing the wrong goal. You, you're on the left-hand path and you need to be over here on the right-hand path or, or whatever, whatever path God has for you. It's a, it's a very dangerous thing. And I think that's a lesson you can only learn from wisdom or from people who've been down that path. And so I encourage any listeners out there to take my multiple decades of butting my head against a wall and, and, and not succeeding as testimony that pursue what God wants you to do and you'll be successful. Yeah, well, you're guaranteed because you're actually then following him and yeah. nothing can stop him. That's right. That's right. You can't, you can't, yeah, there's no way you can stop it or start it or anything because he's in control. And, uh, and it's amazing. It's really amazing when you, when you, at Brainy Pixel, we have a refrain uh, that we've been using for the past two and a half years now, maybe a little bit longer, maybe about three years. And it's don't get ahead of God. And every time we pray, every time we talk, every time we have a business discussion with anybody, we'll say, this is, this is kind of our guiding principles. Don't get ahead of God. So we're not going to make a move until we know that God is leading the way. And we have seen things that you wouldn't believe happen in our business. You know, um, we, we were thinking that we might need some office space. Primarily, we've always worked out of our homes, but there was just a, a season about a year and a half ago where we really felt led like we might need some office space because we were thinking about beginning to try out some motion capture technology. And that's hard to do in a home. You know, you need to have a space for that, but we couldn't afford an office. And so we was just, we were just praying and we're like, Hey God, if you know, if you want it, it's tied into the film that we were doing that we feel is God's, you know, God's message. He wants us to put out there. And so we were praying about, okay, God, you want to have office space. And so we just started talking to people and we went and met with this guy and just no, no sort of, you know, anything. It was just like, Hey, come look at some office space. All right, we'll go look. We're in the middle of the tour of the office. We're not even done with the tour. And he just stops us. And he says, okay, guys, hold on a second. He says, God is telling me right now to give you guys this office free for a year. He says, and I'm going to do it. So boom, God gives us an, a studio way more than what we could afford it. Even if we were making a lot of money. I mean, this is a big studio. However, I had a green screen already in it. Oh, wow. I mean, it was set up. It was perfect for us. And then, you know, then we're like, okay, well, we got a studio. Now we need a motion capture suit. And these things cost thousands of dollars, right? They're not like something you can go out to Walmart and pick up. 
And so we were trying to figure out how we're going to do this. You know, we're praying through it. God, what do you want us to do? Who do you, who do you want us to talk to? Where's the money going to come from? You know, what jobs do we need to take to make the money? And had a guy over uh, Michael's house, actually, and we we're helping him. We were helping him do something. And we get to talking about our business. And, and he says, you need a motion capture suit? He says, I got one. You can have it for as long as you need it. God provides a motion capture suit. And so all, here we are off the races. So, and I've got, I could tell stories like that all night long about the past three years about what okay, God. So if you wrap doing. that, if you wrap that up, Brandon, just that thought about God's provision mm-hmm. for our audience, what would, how would you just wrap that up and deliver that? So I would say, number one, don't get ahead of God. Number two, follow where God is leaving, uh, leading, not leaving. Um, and number three, be faithful to do the work that he's given to you, right? Because see, once we got that studio and once we got that motion capture suit, we didn't go, okay, awesome, we're done. You know, sit back, put our feet up. We started using all those blessings. We got in there, we started using the studio. We started uh, blessing our interns because that was one of the big things we wanted to do with office space is we've got all these great interns, but it's really hard to get everybody together, you know? And so we started doing... Um, a night, a night uh, one night a week, we, we would cook a big crock pot full of chili or stew or, you know, taco soup or whatever and, and have bread and chips. And we would have everybody over and just, we called it collab lab. And everybody could just bring whatever projects they were working on, get advice, get help. Um, they could just kind of brag a little bit and say, hey, look at my cool art. Um, and it became this year uh, and we had to kind of shut it down because of COVID, but it became this wonderful year and everybody looked forward to it. And before it was over with, people who weren't even our interns were showing up and we were just loving on them. It was just, it was just, it was out and out hospitality, Christian hospitality. We weren't tasking anybody to do anything. We were just helping them learn, helping them grow and loving on them. And we always had prayer at the beginning of the night, at the end of the night, we would always tell people that we love them, you know. And, and I really believe that's why we had that studio. It was for a year of loving on those interns. It had nothing to do necessarily, you know, with moving a project forward, which we did. But I think it was about feeding into those young, those young people. I think there's two things that I heard you say, Brandon, that with what I do, which is, you know, the two things I talk to clients about is that when you enter with me, it's the no excuses zone. And we look right. at why we even have excuses and then heavy emphasis on what's the next step. And the two things I really heard you say is number one, when you started thinking we need office space, but you didn't have the funding, you actually acted. You went and looked at office space. Sure. And so often um, I I run into people who they they know God has a vision and a plan for them and they really feel it, but they actually don't take a step yeah and and I, I think that and i'm not trying to step on anybody's toes i'm just being real here a no excuses zone i think that's a lack of faith i mean I, I really think that's what that is because as you begin to step out on faith god if he's in it he'll show up and you know you're stepping out on thin air and as soon as you think you're about to fall you know something shows up under your foot and you're like okay well that's pretty cool i'm gonna take another step right and it's not where you're being haughty, but just where, where you're being faithful and you're being obedient to take that next step. And the more you see God do that in your life, the more easy it is to take that next step. And so, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, if you feel, and again, you can't just go by feelings. It's not an emotional thing. So I probably need to rephrase my words. But if, if 
if the Holy Spirit is leading you, is guiding you through your prayers, through confirmation from other believers, uh, through your reading, through revelations of, you know, thoughts that come to you as you're studying his word, um, then if you don't follow, if you don't take that next step and be obedient, then you're not going to be blessed. And we see that all through the Old Testament, you know, where God would lead the children of Israel right up to a point, you know, like say the promised land. They're like, oh, I don't know. There's some big guys in there. Maybe we shouldn't go in. You know, you, you got to be faithful. You know, he brought you here for a reason. Don't be haughty. Be, be humble. Be obedient and get to work. And the second thing I heard you say was, and it has been really consistent throughout, you know, Absolutely. our time together. Mm -hmm. has been how you are so other directed. You're looking for how you can maximize other people. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times, you know, we get stuck in our heads and, and we think that, you know, we're the big magnet and everything should be yeah. drawn toward us, but that's not what we're taught. Yeah. It right. is, to, and, and you know, it's for sometimes it's, it's not the habit that we have, but it's the habit that we're supposed to have. It's the habit yeah. that Jesus had. And that is, what can I do for someone else? How can mm -hmm. I help them? How right. can I build them up? And as yeah. you just said, Brandon, um, you think you got this fabulous office space just because you were giving, even though you didn't give in order to receive. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can't, you have to remove yourself as the focus and you have to remove yourself as the, as the outcome, right? Because it, the outcome ain't about us, right? The outcome is about, pointing other people to this amazing God who loves us so much, right? I mean, it's just unfathomable how much a God who created the whole universe and is completely self-sufficient in and of himself. He needs nothing, nothing. He created this great big universe just to hang out in. And he was like, you know what, but I'm gonna create these other people. And their job is gonna be to glorify me. You know why? Because I'm awesome, I'm holy, and no one else is deserving of praise and honor and glory but me. And I'm going to create these people and I'm going to love them. Right. And that love, it should be enough. Just that love, just that attention, just that I often pray intentionality, just that intentionality of a, of the divine ruler of the universe in our little bitty lives. We should want to do nothing more than glorify him. You know, nothing more than praise him. It's like, Whoa, the dude that breathes out stars, you know, he's interested and me and you know and that my hair's falling out or you know or whatever you know <laughs> uh he's you know he's into me you know it's like wow you know <laughs> it's just to me when you get your mind wrapped around that as well as we can because we really can't yeah. totally uh oh, it affects getting, a, it affects a change in us so we're, we're moving on but there's something i wanted to ask you before we kind of wrap sure. up today brandon it it's is not, it's, it's not about my hair falling out is it no it's not although we could talk <laughs> about that but well i'll tell you maybe you Go there. If you can turn this into your hair, I'll listen. Okay. All right, go ahead. Which part of your career has the biggest place in your heart? The beginning, the middle, or where you are today? Oh, absolutely. Unequivocally, unequivocally right where I am today. This is the, I know 2020 has been bad for a lot of people, but for me, since April the 1st, the last six and, and a half months, moving on seven months now, have been the best in my life. I mean, they've just been the most amazing things because I got to go full time with Brainy Pixel on on April Fool's Day, 2020, and it has been, it's been a ride. I've just absolutely I enjoy waking up every single morning. I enjoy 
you know, getting to be this creative cyclone that God made me to be. And I, I'm working on about seven or eight different projects at once, which is exactly how I love to work. Um, I, I can't stand just working on one thing all the time. I get bored. And so it's absolutely the last, the latter part where I am right now. And um, if God wants me here the, until I have a heart attack and fall dead, then I'm, I'm good with that. Just, I want to keep on trucking as long as he'll let me. So what's your best advice for someone who's listening mm -hmm. that wants to sit in your chair? Oh, don't waste as much time as I did. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Number one, if you're not saved, um, ask somebody uh, about what it is to be saved um, and get right with God, first of all. And that, and that's the advice I give anybody for anything, whether it's work related or before you get married or before you decide on a college or whatever. I mean, there is no better or more important decision than you can make in your life. It's, it's salvation. Number one, number two is don't waste your time pursuing, um, pursuing fickle things of the world. Um, you know, I, I wasted several decades doing that. Um, and God taught me things through that, through those paths. But, if you don't have to waste all that time, then don't. It's one of the things we tell our kids, um, both our, our biological children and the children that, we, that we've taught in the past, is that if you can get these things right, and these things meaning like salvation and who you are in relation to God and who God is in relation to you, which is a really more important lesson, um, you know, what, what marriage is really all about, right? It's, it, it's not what the world tells you, big, big surprise. Um, the, the ethos of work and the way God created work, the way God created family, um, what sacrificial love is really all about. If you get those things right early in your life, the rest of your life is going to be so much more productive for the kingdom than if you fritter away, you know, a decade or two wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years trying to figure out what you're supposed to do. Um, so I would definitely say, you know, Get those fundamental things, those those things of God, right first, and then be ready to hang on because it's coming. Uh, he's he's going to unleash a flood, and you you're just going to just you're just going to be hanging on as hard as you can just to just to keep up with him because uh, I guarantee you God's plans are way bigger than anything you could come up with, and they're way more amazing than anything you could ever dream of. And uh, that's that's what's blown me away because I'm a dreamer. I can come up with some crazy stuff, but God blows me away every single time. Well, what, uh, what would you like to be able to tell the listeners that if they want, if they just think, you know, Christian animation is absolutely fantastic mm -hmm. or the, the four fools press or just whatever it is, but they say, man, you know, I want to go out there and take a look at this and support it or just what, what, what can they do? So I would, I would first, I would, I would be real with them first of all and tell them that Christian animation is awesome. It's cool, but it's not easy. Um, it's, it's really, really hard. And it's even more hard in the world that we're in today. Um, uh, entertainment primarily is the domain of the enemy. Um, there are, there are a few small light posts out there in the entertainment world. And that's one of the things I'm hoping that we can do with Theophany Media and with Creatively Christian Podcast is, is creating kind of a synergistic network so we can connect all these Christian creatives to make our efforts um, more effective and to, to multiply our efforts if, if God's in it. Um, but we are swimming upstream uh, in the entertainment industry as believers. So 
um, I, would, I would not advise you come in with rose tinted glasses, come in with eyes wide open. Um, that being said, um, my advice to some young, inspiring animator or writer or artist or you know, podcaster or anything is do not waste time. Um, every day that God gives us is a blessing um, and it is a gift and we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And the internet is an amazing thing. Now there's a lot of bad stuff on the internet, but the, um, the internet is an amazing tool that we have at this point in time in our lives in terms of the, the life of humanity. And there's so much you can learn. There are so many tools that you can get for free or relatively cheap. There are so many lessons you can learn for free or relatively cheap. There are so many ways you can increase your capabilities and your skill set. And so if God's calling you to do something like say, learn animation, go find a tool, download that tool, watch a video, learn that tool and begin a project. And don't let the project just be a project, transform it into a product and have that product affect the kingdom in some way. Whether it's you just make an animation that you're gonna give away to your church. Maybe I'm gonna make an animation for my kids in my Sunday school class and just cheer them up. Whatever it is, right? You don't necessarily have to make a dollar, but create a project that's gonna develop into a product that will teach you some skills that you can le leverage then in the next product or the next project that you're gonna go into. So, um, that that's definitely what I would tell people is don't be, don't be lazy. Don't sit around and waste your day. Um, you know, work is not a bad thing. Work gets such a bad rap in our world. Um, you talk to someone and generally speaking, they think uh, that work is a product of the curse and it's not work was a uh, precurse, right? Uh, God established work is a good thing. And so while leisure time is great, uh, too much leisure time, is not good uh, and we need to keep a good balance and the majority of our day should be spent working and working for the kingdom working for the glory of god so well brandon thank you so much for for being available to interview today and i just have to say i've learned some i've learned a lot is and mostly about how important it is to to follow the holy spirit to do the work um, just like you were saying it is to be about your father's business amen single day and would would you have a couple of resources maybe or a contact link that we'll be able to attach to these show notes so that our yeah. audience can find you or maybe get one or two little hints yeah absolutely so uh, we've got a website it's brainypixel.com b-r-a-i-n-y pixel singular p-i-x-e-l.com and we're on i think just about every social media platform out there we're on facebook and twitter and instagram instagram and pinterest and uh, probably half a dozen others that I can't remember because I'm an old man and I'm not very social media, medially inclined. Um, and we, uh, we regularly post on all those platforms. We try to do, we really try to keep up our blog and post uh, really interesting and helpful tips and tricks. Um, and uh, also subscribe to our mailing list. You can do that on our website or on Facebook or on Twitter. Um, we, um, we do monthly um, mailing lists, uh, uh, blast where we give insider information about what we're doing at Brainy Pixel, and also, um, you know, when we learn something, we pass that on through the mailing list. So, just actually, our October mailing list, we got to meet with Barry Cook, um, who is the uh, the director of Disney's animated Mulan uh, and uh, Arthur Christmas and and other films as well. And he got to he he was 
he's a great man of God, wonderful, wonderful Christian and a wonderful filmmaker and director. And he actually took us through his uh, screenwriter's bookshelf and went through every book and, and told us the great parts and the parts you need to use and the parts you need to not pay attention to. And so you got this guy who's, you know, very, very well established in the industry, literally his bookshelf in his house went through the whole bookshelf and we, uh, we sent that out uh, through our mailing list. So any little tips or tricks we come across like that, we generally um, send out via our mailing list. So be sure and subscribe to that as well. Oh, well, well, Brandon, thank you so much. We just thank our audience for being here with us today, for our listeners and those who are watching on YouTube. And I just want to say, you know what? God is there to bless you today. He is in your day 24 hours a day. And it is our role to take that blessing from God and then pass it on to others. So Brandon, thank you. God bless you. And we'll see you in the next podcast. All right. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you so much for listening today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like more information, don't forget to check out our show notes over at theophanymedia.com forward slash Brandon. And remember, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share wherever you listen to podcasts. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Bill Brooks, and Lynn Baber. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Our music is by Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer. To join our exclusive patron community, which includes bonus episodes and so much more, go to theophanymedia.com forward slash creatively Christian. Have a blessed day and keep on creating for our Lord.